should oh we are already recording just kidding I was like shit I forgot to press record (laughs) welcome to death and aliens an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi tv from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing I'm MK I'm Monica Monica how was your week it was all right I've been doing some work painting some rooms on the side you know side hustle um (laughs) my body hurts now that I've been like doing physical labor again so my back's not feeling the best but you know it's what comes with I guess painting houses and painting rooms so definitely ow my knee um I'm definitely not I don't normally do work like this I'm helping out my boyfriend's dad so I'm usually a waitress that's like my go-to job if I can I'll be a waitress um so me doing like physical lifting and painting and using a lot of my upper back muscles to like roll paint on walls and floors it just it's not fun my back is killing me and I want to (laughs) die yeah but your back's always killing you and you always want to die that is very true it's just, you know, like, I have a reason this time <laughs> for both of those things. And also to our uh, people who are watching on YouTube, hi. I look insane. I'm doing my makeup while we're recording. I was going to try and finish it before we started recording, but Mary-Kate's recording at night for her today. So it's, and she has work in the morning, and we're not trying to keep her up while I'm doing my makeup and then recording. So I'm halfway through it, so you guys can watch the end product come to life. <laughs> Yeah, because um, we usually record on my Sunday morning or my Saturday night, depending, um, just to not mess with my teaching schedule. But um, this weekend was my best friend's birthday party, so I was a little, uh, how shall we say, uh, not capable of recording, of recording previously. So now it's 10.30 at night, and I work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it is 10.30 in the morning for me on a Sunday. And I'm doing literally nothing besides going to see my boyfriend later. So, and I will be forcing him to rub my back because, owie, it hurts. But I got my kiddos back this week. That is right, you did. How has that been going? Good. Still, still weird. The kids that are not in my class anymore. Um, so basically, I don't know how much I filled people in before, but um, the way so we didn't have students and our students came back, but the Thai government says that you can't have more than twenty five students in a class, and both of my classes had thirty kids in them. So they took five kids from each class and put them in an extra class. So like all the kids, basically the overflow and students got a choice if they wanted to leave or not. Like it wasn't like they forced them out. And some parents are obviously very, very concerned about COVID and want the smaller class sizes and whatever. So I did lose nine students. Nope, more than that, 11, I lost 11. And um, it was weird, it was hard. But having kids, having kids back in the classroom and like actually being able to talk to them 
It's probably nice. It's so nice. You're not going to be able to see all your kiddos before you come home. Yeah. I mean, I still get to see them every day. I just am not teaching them anymore. And the hardest thing was, the hardest thing was one of my girls came up to me and asked me why I wasn't teaching the extra class. I was like, I wanted to. And I did. I went to my bosses and was like, I will literally give up every single planning block I have. And they were like, here's the problem. You only have eight planning blocks and they have 12 class blocks a week. Oh. So literally physically could not. Yeah. Oh, well, at least but, see their faces. Yeah, I still and, get to see them. And it just sucks that you won't be able to teach them. Like, what a fucking year it's been. Like, this is your last year with those kids. And you're not even going to be able to get to teach them or anything like that. I'm sorry. It's been a year. This school year. I think everyone I it's just been like 2020 was really just the worst ever and everyone I've talked to feels the same way about it and there were either like missed opportunities like I was supposed to go back to school last year and get my cause degree start working in a salon like I wanted to and my school closed that I was going to so I couldn't go back but Good news is that um, Buffalo schools are opening up again, so I will probably be able to start in April. I will be graduated by next April and start working in a salon so that I can move out by next fall. So there's a lot of fun things coming up, hopefully. Hopefully. About a plane ticket to America. Yeah, she's officially going to be home for us to eat crab rangoons together. Hell yeah. Unfortunately, that also means that eventually I should probably think about having a job in America. True. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about Hamlock Grove, season three, episode three. Also, just fun fact. This is weird. They're watching season three, episode three, right? So it's taking, so every morning, for those of you who just would like a peek into my Virgo brain, I'm not a Virgo, but my uh, Jupiter is in Virgo, which explains why my planner looks like this. Literally perfect. And I'm a Virgo son and I am the most unorganized, organized person ever. Like I work better in disorganization for some weird reason. But, um, so every morning I read my daily Bible verse or like Bible chapters and I write a Bible verse as an inspiration in my planner. And then I make my list, my to-do list of what I'm going to do today. So today my Bible verse for the day was Job 33, 33. And we watched episode 3.3 and I finished making my to-do list at 3.33 PM. You better check and see what that, what angel number that means. Cause I, that was, I was so much threes, so much three. I would go with 33 um, as an angel number or, th- or three, 33, because um, that's an angel number, my guy.
Huh. It symbolizes great progress and abundance that you are expecting in the near future. It can mean that your health will be much better in the future period and you will have many opportunities in your career. Look at that. Bringing great change in my life. It was, it was weird, my guy. That is very strange. I also apologize again to anyone who's watching and has to see my chin for a hot second. I'm just putting on my eyeliner. And it's very hard to talk and do eyeliner at the same time. This episode is called The House in the Woods. And um, I wrote The House in the Woods and then said, shit, this episode's going to be about stupid Miranda and stupid Spivak in their stupid house in the woods. But luckily, they weren't in it. Yeah. Um, it came out on October 23rd, 2015. It was written by... Peter Blake and directed by David Strayton, both of whom are returning to us from season two. And it had, ooh. It had an IMDb rating of 7.5 and only one review on the website, which was entitled, What the Actual Fuck? <laughs> Honestly, kind of fair though. Like there were some good moments in the episode. There were some not well, so when good. I clicked on the the Art of the review well, called What the Actual Fuck. They were like, why did they go and take some really genuinely interesting vampire lore and then have a creepy blood cult scene and a vampire zombie army? And I was like, you know, that's exactly how I feel too. It's pretty fair. It is pretty fair. Um, this episode definitely has its... Uh... It has some Weird. really great stuff in it, and also really not so great stuff in yeah. it. But I feel like that's just to be expected. But the seasons, I texted Mary Kate before she had watched the episode. I was watching it last night, and I think she was like, "I think the word for this season is mediocre." And I was like, "Yes, that, that is very true." There's not uh-huh. one bad, like oh, like this episode's so terrible, I can't watch it. But then it's also like, oh, these episodes are so great, I love it. It's just a a mix. My problem was I was genuinely being like, wow, this is a really good episode for about halfway through the episode. And then I just was so confused. Um, I will say there was a lot of scientific terms and stuff used throughout this episode. Which Um, I don't, I don't mind. I don't really necessarily know what they're talking about, but like at this point I've come to expect that like there's weird science involved. And luckily for us, Roman was in one of the scenes where a lot of the scientific stuff was in. So like he would be like, oh, so here's a dumb version of it for everyone at home who's not going to understand a single fucking word right now. Um, The biggest complaint about this episode was um, that for some ungodly reason, it was 57 minutes long. Yeah, it was a very, very long episode. And also, it was one of the shortest cold opens we've had forever. So the cold open finishes after like a minute. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a really fast-paced episode. And I and I like moved the mouse to look at the runtime. And there was still 56 minutes left. And I was mm-hmm. like... 
And there were parts where it definitely, like, there were some parts I'm like, oh, like, this doesn't feel like it's, like, 56 minutes long. But then there were parts where I'm like, ah, so this is where the time feels like the time is. My my computer overheated and decided to turn off in the middle of me watching it. Um, so then while I was waiting for my computer to cool down, I was watching it on my phone. And when I clicked on it on my phone, it said I was at 18 of 57 minutes. And I was like, I've only watched 18 minutes of this. Yep. Yepers. Isn't it so exciting? Isn't it so grand? Um, The blurb says, Price deduces the nature of the creature and looks for links to the Spivak monster. Roman explores Upir customs. Peter grills Andreas about the heist. Kind of not going to lie. Andreas had me a little pissed off this episode. But um, basically, the blurb was actually fairly accurate today because those are the only three plot lines we looked at at all. Yeah. Like, there was some stuff with Shelly, but it wasn't like... It wasn't really plot important. It was just keeping her in the episode. Yeah. Stuff with Olivia wasn't really important either. Like, there was just, like, literally, I think Olivia was in, like, two scenes this whole episode, and one was about finding out what's wrong with her, and one was trying to find out where Shelly was. was yeah. Talking like, that was really all that Olivia was in. Yeah. Um, so we start with Roman waking up in a hospital, which the funniest thing was that Monica texted me and was like, I don't remember Roman getting hurt. Yeah, I literally was like, I was like, what the fuck happened to Roman? I was like, Oh, yeah, he was convulsing on the floor at the end of the last episode. Um, and my first question was, why did they leave him alone? Yeah, it felt like he was, like, up in, like, some desolate part of the hospital. It was very no- strange. Yeah. It was there was odd. no nurses or doctors around. Nope. Annie and Price just disappeared. Destiny never even apparently stayed at the tower with them. Like... Yeah, Destiny said, gotta go. Got a wedding to plan. Um, so Roman makes his way to where uh, Annie and Price are. And um, Price, this is just the beginning. But Price has become the most erratic human being. Price really took the mad scientist trope and became it. And just real just fucking ran. Um, like, because you know. He is like, oh, well, like, a headache. Like, don't joke around about a headache. You have a concussion, blah, blah, blah. Like, saying all this weird stuff. And then he's like, but Annie here is a Girl Scout. Or do they call it blah, blah, blah? And, like, named the Girl Scouts in France. And then was, like, talking about, well, just like any good Girl Scout, French or otherwise, she followed the number one rule bring the doctor what bit you. And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? I was like, I've never heard that rule for any Girl Scout. And I was a Girl Scout. But pop off, Bryce. No, no, no. But if an animal, a wild animal does bite you and you don't know what the animal is, they do say that you should bring it with you or some kind of proof of what it is. So that, especially if it's like a snake or something, bring it with you so the doctors know what kind of venom it is. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. I never got that far in Girl Scouts, so ignore me. 
Um, so uh, apparently when they brought Roman to the White Tower, they also brought the dead monster. Which I was kind of like, hmm, well, this clearly isn't the, the only one because that's way too fucking soon for that to happen. Um, then we have a quick flash to Shelly. Oh, and then there's the credits. That was just the stuff before the credits. And then after the credits, we go to Shelly and she's waking up on a couch and she's hearing like laughing in a party. And I wrote, there's a couch in the mill, question mark, and a homeless people village. Where the fuck was all this when wolves were literally ripping people apart in the mill? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, guess- I'm guessing it turned into that after the Vargolf like died. And I thought Shelly was going to go there to off herself, but apparently she was just going there to run away. I just was very confused about this homeless village. I don't know when or where or how this happened. It seemed way too established to be within the last 18 months. It suddenly sprang up like continuity. Continuity, my friends, does not exist in Hemlock Grove. Yeah, and that will come proven later because I realize, I'll say this now, Destiny and Andreas have only been together for two months. Which means that all of last season only, and so far this season has only happened in two months, which makes sense. Yeah, but they're getting married and they've only been together for two months. And in my head, I'm like, oh, they had to have been together for at least a year now for Andreas to marry her. Two months. That does make the timeline of what has happened so far in the show make more sense, though. Yes, but still, two months, they've been together. Whack. Didn't know that. Listen, my old boss, Big Mike. You know Big Mike, right? Yeah. He, I asked him one day about his marriage. Because they've been married forever. They went on a blind date on Friday, got engaged on Sunday. What? Facts. They have five children and at least five grandchildren and are the happiest couple I have ever met outside of my parents. They went on a blind date on Friday, got engaged on Sunday. How do you know you even love someone in that amount of time? I was like, I just, I was like, Mike, are you for real? And he was like, yeah. Holy damn. And also, like, quick, I'm grabbing my lashes real quick. One second. One second. I will return. I gotta grab them. <laughs> um, then we go back while you're grabbing your lashes. We go back to Price and Annie and Roman and their uh, autopsy of this strange dead creature. And Uh Price being manic as fuck is describing all the things that are going on with this body. And uh, Annie Annie is translating to Roman. What everything means. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, but Price is, he's saying like really intensely scientific things and then just like also going off. Like he describes like the length and texture and shape of the fingernails on this body, like to minute technical scientific detail and then just goes all the better to rip your heart out with my dear and i was like what price is snapping he's gone i do have a note i do have a note later that just says price has fucking lost it but honestly i kind of love snapped price like i like the mad scientist type of thing i like that he's kind of losing his fucking mind like yes i miss smart and sassy price like my first note about this was like oh my god are we getting like snappy smart price back again because he has actually something to like study and he's like getting back and i was like no it just fucking threw him down the fucking tunnel even more like he's more lost than he's ever been this whole fucking season um, and then they just start doing the autopsy, and it's gross. Yeah, it is a very gross autopsy. And honestly, bravo to the SFX team because that they put like a whole dummy together for them to rip apart and like for things to be in. And like when they took out its brain, oh my god, bravo SFX team! You know what? It almost makes you forget how terrible Speedback looked. Almost. Um, but then, uh, Price rips out a tooth and shows them that it is clearly up here whatever this is and um we find out that it is not possible for an up here to feed on another up here yes and this is where i had a hypothesis so remember that priscilla was made from uh made from like a stem cell thing for I think it was one of the one of the Godfrey's I think it was either her or someone there was like genes from one of the Godfrey's that were used to make Priscilla what if Priscilla had the beer gene and Olivia fed on her and that's why she can't feed I maybe maybe. that no that that is I had that thought as well but mostly, I, my biggest thought was um, that I also, again, don't understand the continuity of the show because when Roman turned, the first thing he did was... Kill Olivia. Bite Olivia. I don't, he may not have consumed any of her blood. So maybe... Maybe, but I was just like, okay. Then we do a quick, quick flash away from the autopsy um, to... Uh, Andreas staking out a police facility and taking pictures and I just wrote Andreas what the fuck yep um then we go back to the autopsy and we find that there is a massive tumor that is like the whole size of this body and then essentially like to dumb it down because Price goes into mad detail about it essentially this tumor can think on its like it has its own brain and it's like its own living organism it's like a parasite to like parasite cancer where it thinks in like, like a living thing but it it's a cancer so um, yeah 
the other thing is, uh, because this tumor has its own separate brain, uh, it was still moving in a way that you wouldn't expect dead bodies to move. And Roman was incredibly freaked out by it. And my note says, Roman watching this autopsy is also me watching this autopsy. Oh, for sure. For it sure. Was, it, it was very gross, honestly. Gross. Like I said before, the SFX team really came in clutch this episode with the with that whole autopsy scene. Like I said before, almost made me forget how terrible Spivak looked in uh, in the end of season two. Almost, um, almost, and um, basically the conclusion is that whatever this tumor is, it's messing with the. My favorite was they. Uh, um, they were going through the brain and what parts of the brain had been affected by the tumor by physically looking at the brain and price each time he mentioned a part of the brain, Olivia, then, um, I'm sorry, Annie, then like explained what that does. So like, they were like pre, he was like prefrontal cortex and he was like reason and, um, self-control. And like, so he was, it was a nice, like a little brain anatomy lesson I already I already knew all of those things so I felt impressed with myself but and the thing is I didn't so like him trying to explain this to people who like don't know a lot about anatomy and shit like that it's like here it is I'm gonna explain it in like really cool science terms we're gonna have Roman depict the audience so that the audience will also understand it yeah which I like that they didn't automatically assume that we're all fucking like botanists and know everything about fucking anatomy and botanists isn't what i meant no, to say botanists are plant scientists ignore me see what i mean see what i mean literally i have a little pea-sized brain but i try to sound like i know what i'm talking about but so the conclusion is that the tumor has forced upiers to feed like basically cannibalized really interesting and you want to know what they they go into the lore about upiers and a little bit and give you some like context clues type stuff where almost makes it sound like the upiers that feed on other upiers more like the traditional vampire a little yeah especially with the whole like light disorientating thing like really oh yeah 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 i have a note about that later i was like these sound like generic vampires that you would read about can't go out in the sunlight you know have a typical like almost ravenous rabid behavior that you would see from a normal a normal but like traditional like western culture um vampires so but that's my tidbit of information on that (laughs) so then they go back um home roman gets let gone from the hospital and he and annie go back home and Peter meets them there and is like, hey, I was just about to come see you. Destiny told me what happened. Like, how is everything? But then Isaac gets there and Isaac is bringing um, the stuff that he had already given Olivia. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I kind of liked Isaac for like a minute because I didn't realize he was playing Roman mm-hmm. like I didn't realize he was doing it on purpose but he goes okay I gotta say it 
I'm going to sound a little fucking crazy here, but like just the way he was like calling himself crazy. I was like, I was like, huh? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But the only thing is I didn't buy into it because I know Olivia's like, I need to tell you the truth about my son last episode. I'm like, great. She didn't either tell him he's a vampire or know some paranormal fucking shit. Right. But it, it sounds like she just told him about Spivak. Well, but and she told him basically that Roman is basically a crazy, like, ghost hunter kind of, like, believes in lizard aliens type person. Yeah. I still think she told him that Roman's the father of the... Well, she, he already knows that because she keeps calling it his granddaughter. Yeah. I don't know. Um... Then, while Isaac is filling in uh, Peter and Roman on the uh, goings-on of Spivak, uh, my next note says, Annie is fucking nosy, too. She's got Miranda syndrome. I, my note literally says, I'm like, I like that Annie isn't completely useless, but she does have a Miranda gene. Because she goes upstairs... Um, Roman tells her she can go upstairs to go to the bedroom and he, she goes in his bedroom and just immediately starts going through all of his stuff. And you want, here, okay, here's my only thing that didn't bother me about Annie snooping is because when Annie snooped, she didn't take it out of context and call them demon monsters or call them like pieces of shit or call them anything X, Y, and Z. I mean, yeah, it ended up working out in the for the good, but also like bitch, don't read other people's journals. True. That is true. I just like that she didn't act like a total fucking ass. Um so then Annie finds the drawing of the speedback monster and immediately freaks out. And goes to Roman and is like, I thought your mom didn't teach you anything about Upir culture. How do you know what, how do you know what the Amul Negro is? This is the first, this is the first moment where MK paused the episode and got on the research. Just because I find, and this is one thing that I will say that's really cool about that I do like about Hemlock Grove is so far and including in this episode all of the mythology that they've been using comes from something like it's not completely made up yeah um Amul Negro is um basically the boogeyman for Upiers yes no 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 like literally the actual legend of Amul Negro is basically the Romanian and Italian. It's slit, pronounced slightly differently, obviously. Um, but it is literally that culture's version of the boogeyman. It's a ghost story that parents tell kids to get them to go to sleep at night, basically. And it translates to the black man. Um, but because in Romanian culture, it's a, this is what I found really fascinating. It is a black ghost-like demon without legs that steals children. Oh, okay. There we now know that demon and the dog star obviously meant that Sivak is some form of, he is a demon. Or at least he's, um, 
what like at least he belongs to this species that is then mythologized that's not a word um mythologized that's what i'm trying to say into a demon true also mary kate you can cut this part out because i'm just fixing my hair so i have to do it later um does my hair look fucking stupid like this uh, no i'm just not quite sure why you're choosing to do it that way because i want to do like the fairfoss like curl type deal but my hair just doesn't want to. Like this part is like completely flat. Yeah, that's the thing is it looks like you're trying to do like a Mary Tyler Moore like flip swoop. Yeah, and I don't think that's what I'm going for. So I'm gonna have to go back to the drawing board. Okay, anyway, sorry. Um. So then we get a scene of Isaac reporting to Olivia that Roman didn't say anything crazy, but totally pushed the paranormal investigation. Mm. And then I wrote, never mind, I do hate Isaac. Um, and basically Olivia is like, I don't really care about that. I really want you to find Shelly. And he was like, well, she was like, is Shelly with Roman? And he was like, well, there was a girl at the house that they wouldn't let me see. So probably, and she was like, all right, we're breaking in. Yeah, which I'm like, listen, Olivia. And he was like, breaking in is a federal crime. He was like, breaking and entering is a felony. You know that, right? And she just handed him more money. And he was like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, I didn't mean to say federal crime. I meant felony, but I'm just an idiot. I called him that studying anatomy botany earlier in this podcast, so don't listen. You're good. You're good at words. I am so good at words. I am the word genius. Always have been, always will be. Um then Price There's something stupid in this scene. He touches uh, his face. With the blood from that oopier on his body, like, right by his eye. Like, bro, you are a scientist, a doctor. You know you don't touch your face with um, gloves that have been touching a body. And then um, he, like, freaks out and starts to, like, die. And then he gets shot with an EpiPen and he's fine. But I don't think he's fine. Oh, uh, no. No way is he fine. Because clearly, obviously, later on, he's doing some whack shit. Because he wiped it off and washed it, but then it started to get red all in his eye and around his eye. I think he got whatever in, was in that blood because clearly that tumor has a mind of its own. Yeah, there's I, some kind of parasite in Price right now. I think he's infected. Yeah. And um, I honestly also, I did might. not know Dr. Blinksley's first name was Klaus and it does not fit him. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think Price is going to die. I'm calling it. Honestly, I don't think anyone's going to survive this show. Mostly me. I will not survive. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm kind of I'm kind of right there beside, beside you because um I don't think I want to survive this show. Um so then we go to a scene where Annie is explaining um the myth of the boogeyman that I just explained to you guys to Roman. 
with less detail than I gave, obviously, because who's the real book reader here? Annie Girl Scout. And honestly, she also doesn't know a lot of, like, she doesn't remember much of it either. Yeah. So she, but she takes Roman, she's taking Roman to her friend, Nate, who is a professor and knows all this stuff. Um, And as they're in the car on their way to Nate's, they're talking and um, Roman is still lying about the parentage of Letha's baby. Yes. Which answers my question about how Peter has not found out yet because Roman is not claiming it as anyone other than Letha's baby at this point. Yes. Um, then we go to a scene where Andreas is explaining to the wolf pack what their next job is and uh, Peter's not really happy. And my note says, yeah, I'm not a fan of Andreas anymore. Sad face. I'm over it. Yeah, Andreas kinda, and by kinda, I mean really, um, a dumbass. Huge dumbass. Um, and then my next note, I have, I sometimes share some of my funny notes with Monica before we record. But I didn't share this one specifically because I'm really excited to get her genuine reaction to this note on film. Okay. So uh, Roman and Annie brings Roman to her friend Nate's house. And there's like this party with all these other upiers and they're having like a dinner party to welcome into the, him into this new world. And I literally wrote, Roman is basically Bella in the first Twilight movie right now. He really is. <laughs> Oh my god. Literally, like the scene where everyone's like, don't worry, I'm up here too, and like giving him a hug. I literally go, This is Bella walking into the Cullen house and as me trying to feed her Italian food. Like that's what this is. The accuracy. God. Every time we talk about anything, it always comes back to Twilight. Um then we go back to this this episode i have to say this episode it was incredibly long but it didn't feel as long because um longer and the scenes were longer so like it isn't going to take us as long to talk about it because like a 12 minute scene i probably only have one note about yeah and like in all honesty like the show was like the episodes weren't like like, there were some scenes that did feel a little drawn out and, like, not needed, um, where it made it feel like, yeah, you're watching this for almost an hour. Yeah. But I do have to say that because we're only basically dealing with three main pop- plot lines at this time, I don't know I'm doing my hair, so I'm turning my... <laughs> I will say the beginning of the episode had to have been slower because the scene where Roman was in the car, that's when I realized I had only watched 18 minutes yes and it was very um like and like I was saying before like I think it's because we were only dealing with three main plot lines this episode and we're not bouncing in between Spivak we're not bouncing between Olivia and her side thing we're not bouncing it during Shelly we're not bouncing during Roman and Peter's own thing like it was three main plot lines 
and it was very defined when each one was happening. And then one of the three, one of the plot lines turned into the second plot line where the autopsy and Price were very heavy in the beginning of the episode and it kind of led into Roman and Annie doing what they're doing now. Where yeah. Price, we'll go back to Price, but not as often. Um, <coughs> like, there'll be like tidbits of Price, left, but like Sorry. one plot line into another. Oh, you're good. Speaking of going back to Price, the moment this is when I, this is when I texted you saying you're gonna love this scene. The moment we've all been waiting for. My note says Price has officially lost his goddamn mind. Yep. Because in the trailer, we saw Price drumming, and I was like, cannot wait for this moment. So mm-hmm. we finally get it. Price disheveled as fuck drumming with on buckets using fucking like medical scissors as try as the triangle like he he's using natural drumsticks but he has pots pans and buckets as his drums medical scissors and then he has like these like bottles like these like chemistry bottles full of like weird shit just next to him he doesn't touch them but it's just there and um, Klaus, who I still don't believe that's his name, is like, you told me you were going to get some sleep. And he's like, yeah, I was. But then I was thinking. I need to get in touch with my right brain. Because then I can find my shadow. Bitch, what? Price fucking snapped. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I don't even. It kind of reminds me, but you haven't seen this, so never mind. Ugh. It reminds me a lot of um, Twin Peaks. Yeah, I've never seen Twin Peaks. Yeah, there's this one character. So. Spoiler alert, but not really, because I'm not going to go into any details about who any of the characters are. But basically, there is a lot of weird supernatural stuff in Twin Peaks. And there's this, like, demon thing. It's a person, but it's not really a person who's inhabiting somebody else's body. And the, like, manicness that they are when they're the demons in control versus when they're in control. Like, that's literally priced this episode. I was like, oh, Price has his own Bob. Okay. That, and this is where I think that Price is infested with something. Yeah, because, um, he got, I mean, he was, he was already acting, acting manic as shit in the beginning. But this is, a. This is something else. Yeah. Um, then we go back to Roman's dinner party and they're like all sitting around a table sharing like a, a dropper of blood on their tongue and I literally was like this is a fucking cult. Also um, for anyone who watches a show that also loves Shit's Creek one of the actresses in there was Patrick's mom. I literally watched I'm like oh shit that's Patrick's mom. Um, I was really confused because at first I thought the the, kines- the kinesiologist was not Upier. 
And that Same. she was there as like a treat. Yeah, not really a treat so much in the food way, but more in the sexual way, but like kind of like compelled girlfriend to stay around and do things for us because we need people. Yeah. But then she got real excited about the blood and I was like, this chick literally, I'm pretty sure, had an orgasm when she had it. The noise that she was making, even if I eat the best food alive, I don't think I'd make that. No, I have made that noise eating pizza once. Ignore me. Pizza? You made orgasm noises over pizza? When you come back from fucking Thailand and you have good pizza again, I can pinky promise you'll do the same. No, I, I have, there's a place here that's run by somebody from New York City that I get authentic New York pizza. I'm good. Oh, well, sometimes, you know, pizza just really hits, especially when you're drunk, which I have never been before because that would be illegal. Um, you know what else hits when you're drunk? Donuts. Gym steakout. Uh, we had Krispy Kreme mini donuts at the party for the birthday. And I ate six. And then was like, um, oh, my favorite thing though about this creepy cult party um, is that so the blood that they've got is supposed is like RH, which is no. like the rare RH null, which is like the rarest blood type ever. And um, people on the planet, yeah, they're really, and this is like real life. There really is RH null, really is a really super rare blood type that like is so hard to find and like I was watching a Grey's Anatomy episode where they needed RH null blood to save this one kid's life and there was only one donor that had the same blood type and some other genotype that they needed to get something from and it was like so stressful anyway I don't watch Grey's I have never gotten down that that rabbit hole of show you're wrong um anyway wrong so um everybody else is like oh facing over this blood and they're telling roman they're like it's the best blood we've ever had like it's so good don't you think it's so good and he was like yeah i guess and they were all wondering like how he was sustaining and he was like they're like and he's like oh i, I find what i can and he's like oh so you're hunting don't feel ashamed and he's like no i'm, I'm really not <laughs> like, really not but he also is not about to give up his secret food bank yeah strangers who apparently 35 percent they said 35 percent of our burg is up here and i was like poor pittsburgh man yeah also in case anyone wants to know what kind of a psychopath i am the other day i was on instagram and i was searching the tag come on bro and i found a post of somebody hiking and it said, hashtag Hemlock Grove. And I was like, oh my God, maybe it's a real place. It wasn't in Pennsylvania. It was someplace in like Arkansas or something, or no, Tennessee. So it was obviously not the correct place. But then I go, hmm, where would Hemlock Grove really be? Like, I know it's somewhere in Pennsylvania. So I triangulated locations. I searched and narrowed it out in where in Pennsylvania there is a river that flows northward that is also in the area of abandoned steel mills that is close enough 
to Erie to need to know the traffic on the 90? And the answer is that it doesn't exist. China would have figured that. Um, which was really disappointing, but um, it, it's roughly based around slightly north of Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I really wanted it to be a real place that we could like go because it's so close to home that I was like, we could just go for a drive and like find it, but it, it doesn't, it's not real. It doesn't exist. Well, then what we'll do is we'll just take a trip out to Pittsburgh anyway for funsies. Oh my God, we can meet Luke. You can get what? We can meet Luke. Luke? Luke? Luke. <laughs> my, my secret Twitter love that we were just talking about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you guys don't need to know that detail. <laughs> you got cis zoned on, on Instagram. Definitely did not need to share that detail either. Hey, it'll make oh. our other that have ever gotten cis-zoned knowing that it's okay it happens even to the most beautiful of us so um peter is going we are now back to uh destiny and andreas and peter and not well destiny's not there she's off doing wedding stuff um and uh peter is having a conversation with andreas and he's like listen do you really think that this is like what we do? Like, this is not cool, not cute. If you're about to be part of this family, you're not going to drag this family down with you. Like, bitch, yeah. please. And Andreas straight up loses it. Yeah, like, grabs Peter and is like wanting to deck him in the face. Calls him a motherfucker. Yeah. He's like, this is our house. And I'm like, bitch, you've been with Destiny for two months. Shut the fuck up. Um, then we have another quick scene back at the creepy Oupier house where uh, they're making blood pudding and it's really just soup of blood. And it's weird because like there's coagulants in it that actually make the blood hard like when it gets exposed to oxygen. So it's actually like technically is a blood pudding made out of different... T- parts of yeah. the blood and they're like and she was and he was like everyone brings a part and we all share it and i wrote, literally wrote i do not like i do not like this weird roman learning to be an upier and that being spoon-fed blood pudding i do not like but in all honesty like i feel like it's better for him to have a community that's like that knows enough and that isn't a sadistic bitch to teach him the ways of being an upier. yes but there's this almost, and this is back to the, the twilightness of it all. Uh-huh. Um, there's almost like a vor- Volturi element where they're like reveling in being Upir and how much better than other people they are. And look at this fancy blood we have and look at this parties we throw and look at how great we are and look at the knowledge we have. And yeah. And Roman still would rather be dead than be Upir. So yes, like it just doesn't work. He he's like Edward when the Volturi are trying to like recruit yeah. him. Yeah, that makes sense. I could I can 100 percent agree with that. And I wonder if there is like some sort of like Volturi-esque part of being a Upi year. Yeah. Like an actual like law that Upiers have to follow. 
Um, then we go flash to Shelly and this guy is talking to her about telling her how beautiful she is, even though her face is weird. But it's just like he he has like a Matthew McConaughey accent, like and he's yeah. like talking about like the right upper quadrant of your face, and he's so strange, but like yeah. in the nicest way possible. My my note literally says, I don't know if this is sweet or fucking creepy. I wrote I- I wrote Ador Quantic is my new favorite human. I could, but like, it yes, I love how he treated Shelly, and I like how he is because like he doesn't know Shelly enough to be like how everyone else was with her, where they're like, oh, like we have to be sweet to Shelly, whereas like he's just has like a genuine heart. He just well, and he's clearly, but the thing is, he's clearly not just doing that to Shelly because people are mean to her. Like the reason they're even interacting is because it's literally his job to throw out expired food from stores and instead of doing that he takes the trucks and gives all the food to the homeless people which like bravo he's like robin hood yes love love bravo fucking oh um then oh sorry i need to get comfortable for this then we go back to nate and uh his lessons to Roman or their conversation about what it is that he saw. And he's like, you saw something like this. And he's like, no. And Roman's like, no, I, I saw that exactly that. And he's like, uh, there's no fucking way. (laughs) Well, fuck. Um, because, and then he, he wrote, he pulls up a picture and says that this is a uh, engraving something, whatever, from Norway. And I wrote, fucking Norway again. Mm-hmm. Freaking Nordics, aliens. I'm, ugh. But it is what they call Jormengarder. Which, of course, I was like, let me Google that. Um <laughs> So Jormungardr is part of Norse mythology. It is one of the three sons of Loki. Hmm. Um, who and Loki's sons were kidnapped by Odin and punished. And the punishment that Jormungardr got was to be thrown into the Sea of Midgard, which as you all know, Midgard is Earth. Thank you, Marvel, for teaching people something. Um, Midgard is Earth. And, but the thing about Jormungardr was that he expanded to surround the Earth until he could eat his own tail. AKA Theora motherfucking Boris. And I got so fucking happy. That for the first time, in everything the, started. Make sense. And for the first time in this entire show, something that happened in season one actually had something to do with what where we're going. Yes, I literally. It's a moment. We're gonna take a, take a moment to appreciate it because I I might never be this happy with the show again. Yep. Um. So basically the sea serpent 
but also the fact that it's a sea serpent, which in the Ol Negro is also a sea serpent. Um, the, and it looks and like a stingray, so that's weird. And um, that's where I honestly say I cannot be mad at the design concept they chose for Spivak because it actually makes sense. Does that mean the execution was good? Fuck no. But I have to say, it makes sense. They understand why they went with this weird reptilian stingray thing because it literally looks like that. Yeah. Um, And then... Oh, but then he also said something about how it's slightly different from the Babylonian myth. And I was like... Spivak... I, I literally, I just only really care about finishing the show to find out where they're going with this. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But also, I'm t- slightly afraid that they're going to do so much work and so much research and have so much beautiful buildup just to shit on me. Well, I think we need to expect that because that's how it's been for the past two But seasons. it's so, it's so... It's so perfectly connected and well thought out and makes sense. And how do you go from reading Norse mythology and connecting it to Romanian gypsy culture and to ancient alien bullshit and actually have it all work out correctly? Like the Illuminati wrote your fucking story for you and then still fuck it up. I couldn't tell you. But I have a feeling, just from the reviews that we have both heard for how the season is as a whole, I feel like they will find a way. They always find a way. Somebody gave them a pile of pliable, correct temperature gold, and they made shit. I'm not Rumpelstiltskin. I can't keep spinning gold out of your shit. That was a quote from the series, wasn't it? Honestly, probably. It sounds like something Price would have said. Hold on, my dog is acting weird and sitting on the edge of the bed and shaking. Are you okay? Checking on Boo. Here's a daily Boo checkup or weekly Boo checkup. Um, and then this is when I started taking really sporadic notes. They don't make sense anymore. Um. Mm-hmm. Like, my next note says, what happened to Megan? Um, because Megan, the dumb girl who I thought was not a new peer, disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out that this Upir tumor curse um, has built a whole zombie apocalypse army, which I wrote is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yep. Yes, it is. And context, I don't think we said this earlier. Nate has a girlfriend named Hannah. And she is not at the party. And Alice asks, where's Hannah? And he's like, no, not now. Because he is currently trying to bone the uh, kidneyologist person. And um, so we don't get, we just see the actress who played Patrick's mom on Schitt's Creek go outside and go, Megan, 
Megan, where are you, Megan? And then she stops and stares. And then it cuts back to Annie and Roman and Nate still talking about this thing. And he honestly explains more into um, this creature and how it like grinds babies up into sausages. Oh yeah, he starts talking about what it does to kids. But the thing is, also context, Nate doesn't know the story or what happened or when or how Roman saw this, just that Roman saw this. So they don't, he doesn't know that Roman's child was taken. And this guy's like, he takes whole ass children and grinds them up into sausage. And Roman's like, shut the fuck up and freaks out. And like walks away. And then he's like, what the fuck? He's like, are you sure like this dude is like, okay, he's not like on drugs? And she's like, I trust him. I'm like, yes, Annie, you tell that man that you trust Roman. Um, and not be a handsy bitch, like fucking Miranda. Um, so then we get our last flash to um, Price giving Olivia a checkup and saying that he doesn't know what's wrong with her. And he's asking her all these stupid questions about a flu shot and where she got it from. And she's like, and he's just like, I don't have a diagnosis for you, but I do have a suggestion. You should take drum lessons. I was like, what is he talking about? Price has snapped. He's literally becoming the mad scientist trope. And I can't tell you how much I love that. I, I I swear to God, I've never been so confused by a character before in my life. Honestly, I love Kooky Price. I love Kooky Price. I always will. He has stolen my heart. Well, it's only because he didn't cut his hair. You need to call me out like that, goddamn. Um, I love Cookie Price, though. He's funny. Like, he's um, always... Except for last week's episode, because the uh, writing talking sucks. But that's the point. Yeah. Um, then... Roman discovers... So, basically, there's the rest of the episode just goes back and forth between, like, the zombies attacking them and some other scenes. Um, so... I don't know that this is going to make sense, but... Somehow in the fight, Roman discovers that light immobilizes them. Yes. And I wrote, finally, vampires that need to be in the dark. Yeah, and that's where I was like, wow, this is like actually, that's what I said earlier. Yeah. These things fit like the stereotypical vampire trope. It's like you can't be out in the sunlight and shit like that where they can only hunt in the dark. And I was like, wow, things are actually making sense for once. This is like the vampires that we know. Oh my God. Maybe there'll be some like mythological thing that like will explain why we know vampires the way we know vampires. And, and I got too excited and jumped the gun, but that's beside the point. Right. Um, then uh, we go to Peter and Destiny. And I don't think this all happens at once, but I'm going to say it all at once because this is when I have the note about it. Um, Peter basically tells Destiny, like, are you sure you know what you're doing? You can read people better than any of us, but, like, have you really thought about who Andres even is? You've only been together two months, like. And that's how we found out we were together. They were together for two months, and that's when I went, what the fuck, and you're marrying him? And Destiny gets pissed off and is like, like, 
you, she was like, I know that you've lost a lot of people, but you're not going to lose me and you need to let me live my fucking life. Mm-hmm. But she knows something's up. She's got a weird feeling. So she decides to do some little hocus pocus and uh, check out the vibes. But she got a very happy vision. But I think that's not true. Oh, I don't, I know. I think things are going to turn out horribly, but I was mad because I was hoping that she was going to get an angry vision and she could be on the same side as Peter, but she didn't. She got a happy vision. And then Andreas came in and was like, I bought a suit. Ooh, sorry. The bug that flew up my nose earlier just flew into my mouth. Oh, that's fun. Gross. Um, anyway no um oh he comes in and he's like i own a suit and it didn't fall off a truck i was like andreas first of all you interrupted destiny i because i feel like it was going to go right it didn't she didn't finish her vision and i was like god damn it andreas let Destiny Remember how literally two weeks ago we were talking about how we were in love with Andreas and now? Well, yeah, because he's being fucking shady and he's like being dramatic and doing really stupid shit. Happy fucking Valentine's Day to me. Because this episode's coming out on Valentine's Day. Oh my God. It is? Well, happy to have Valentine's Day, everybody. Didn't know that. Um, But... Speaking of my Valentine, because Monica has her boyfriend, I have no one. So I'm claiming Roman as my Valentine because of this next scene. Roman breaks the fuck down and explains the truth of the story of Letha and the baby and Olivia and all of it to Annie. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Letha just thought the dad was an angel. And I said, but Roman, you are an angel. It, it honestly is very heartbreaking. <laughs> oh. And then Annie said, when your daughter asks you, you lie. That's what parents do. I was like, oh God. <sighs> so I was all and- in my feels. I like Annie. I like her a lot. I like her character. I don't think her character is a totally useless enigma like every other like lead female besides Olivia and Shelly that they've tried to like put with Roman. Yeah. I actually yeah. really like Annie as a character. I a do lot. too. Um, my next note says, Nate, you dumb shit. Nate's a dumb bitch. Nate is a puss. Nate is a wuss puss. Somehow Nate thought, you know, that he was better than all of this shit and um, went outside and uh, got brutally destroyed by his uh, zombie Upir ex-girlfriend. Yes. But then my next note is about Hannah. And I'm curious where they're going because Hannah is less zombie-ish than the others like yes. the other people that we saw that were like the zombie army all seemed like very much like 
your typical stare like movie zombie where they're just chasing you and beating you and then whatever happens that they can't move and they just stand there and stare and like no sense to them but hannah's like still remembers who everybody is is still having full conversation and is like kind of controlling these other people we also know that she is a professor at columbia she's very very smart um and so i feel like she has more to do with this than we have information on yet I could see that being a uh, very plausible. But also, could you imagine how horrible it would be if this whole big OPR zombie uh, like twist in the story is just because of a jaded ex-girlfriend? Yep, that would kind of suck. But you want to know what? I feel like it would make sense with their track record because of Marvel. Sh- like... Because they made an evil werewolf because she had a crush on someone that didn't like her back. So, honestly, wouldn't surprise me. The way that they characterize women on this show. It's bad. Like, I love loving female characters, but when you make them, like, the stupid fucking tropes, like, it doesn't, I shouldn't be mad at the characters. I should be mad at the writers for not giving them good character. Absolutely. Like, just the way all of the women on the show are written is so clearly written by a man. Oh, for for sure. Like, Annie, I think, may have been the only character that could have been written by a woman. Probably. Because she is very, she is a a badass. Like, I literally have a note, I'm like, damn. Annie? Kind of a badass. Don't hate her. Shocking. So then we have one last scene with Shelly and um, Ator um, where they're just talking some more and it was just really, really cute because they were talking about her being like beautiful, like a painting. And he was like, from the side, you look like a keen painting of like a happy child. And she's like, yeah, but from the front, I'm a dolly painting. I was like, oh, but you're still beautiful. I love Shelly so much. Yeah. And then I'm going to be honest. I don't remember how the episode ended. I I know I have a what the fuck at the very end. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, my note for the end of the episode just says um what? Let me go to my notes. Is that what I Because No, I literally said haha art jokes and then I said what the fuck? Yeah, I have the Dolly quote and then literally just says, um, what? I like how we both had written about it, but can't remember it. Um, let's see. Huh. Really, really, uh, I have a feeling... There, oh, I know, I do distinctly remember uh, that there were two scenes and they were both weird. That, how I felt. Um, Um, 
I honestly don't know what the one scene was about because at the very end. Yeah. Um, I do know for a fact there was two. Oh, was it was it when Price was found that little piece of? Um, well, that was the first one. That was the first one. Okay, so Price found some little piece of something on the metal and put it under the microscope, and then I had um, Wait, words. Ari, on it. it just but we only saw REI, I think. Yeah, like the REI, um, and then. So that was the first part. And then there was one last. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at the plot summary to see what it was. Um, Olivia is in a meeting with Isaac. And Isaac is like, your friend Price has been doing some weird Google searches recently. And she was like, what is he been looking up? And he was like, he's watched this video 14 times. Oh, yeah. And she was like, what is it? And he was like, you're going to need to watch it yourself. He's like, you might understand it better. And it is this video of a rat in a cage. And then a mutated rat gets put in the cage. And like, Oopier rips the F out of the chest out of the first rat. It was disturbing. Yep. And then it ends. And well, and then it ends, and then it goes to the credits where they are playing a German song. Which, fun fact, I speak German, kind of. Um, but the the lyrics of that German song through the credits are about how they want you to come and join them in the dance of the death. Oh yeah, wouldn't have, wouldn't have known that one. I was like, wow, this uh, is a weird. It was, it, it was like something about. Uh, it was like the dance of death. And then the last line was so strange. The last line that they said, because I listened to the credits all the way through. And the last line of the credits of the song. Um, you know, I had this pulled up on my computer earlier so that I wouldn't have this problem. So then, of course, I don't have it now. That is how it be sometimes. Here, here, here. Got it. Uh, yeah, the song is called Todestans. Um, and, oh yeah, the last part that it said translates to yellowed roses in the gray of dawn, contaminated rivers, sunken dreams, and the cool sun shining on my face, whispers, rain, and storms, and I won't reveal more. What the fuck? It's a messed up song, but it's literally about come and join me in the dance of death. After watching rats rip each other apart, I was very uncomfortable. I guess. Teach their fucking own. Yeah, I had no idea what they were singing. And I was just like, huh, this is an odd song choice. But like I said, to each their own. It's weird. Hate it here. So uh who do you want to punch? Um 
Andreas, honestly, because he's being a little dumb little twice baked twat potato. Twice baked twat. Yeah, I'll tell you where I got that name after we are done filming because it is now a code name for somebody that used to be a part of my life. And honestly, it is the most proud name I've ever created for a single person. So now I use it as my um, ultimate insult, a twice baked twat potato. Great. Um, I would like to punch Isaac. He was he was also up there with me. For my because uh, just stay away. Just stay away from the Godfreys and don't ask questions. Don't get yourself involved in this shit. It is not going to turn out well for you. Yeah, I honestly thought Olivia was going to make some moves on the PI if. I'm being honest. Like sexually? Yes. Oh, probably. When they were, when they were in he Roman's house. He was making house. moves on her in the first episode. Yeah, that is true. And when they were in Roman's house, like he had his arms like on her shoulders. And I was like, Olivia, you better not try and fuck this PI. I swear to God. Whatever, she can't eat him. So she might as well fuck him. True. She doesn't have Norman anymore. Also, we got like some 70. This looks more like what I was going for. Very full. Fair faucet vibes. So uh, who was your saving grace? Saving grace, honestly, Roman or Annie. Yeah, probably Roman or Annie. That was really the only, only good. Like they gave us, they gave us new information. They, their character portrayals this episode were also just really, really good, really interesting, um, and it felt like something new. Like we're dealing with the same stuff, but it felt new. Yeah, in a way. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, I definitely. I think Annie just like actually trusting and believing Roman when nobody else in his life ever has like that was that's something that Roman obviously has needed for a very long time as well and the fact that Annie is you know doing that kind of incredible yeah um also before we go we need to talk about the insane thing that happened to us this week Oh my god. I can't believe we didn't even mention this. So I know. as you are sure are aware, if you actually listen to this regularly, which I think consists of like two people. Um, but Monica and I are obsessed with the character Vlad. And we also love when David Paul Francis writes the episodes. They're always our favorite episodes. And on Instagram this week, we posted a post about how much we love Vlad. And uh, David Paul Francis commented that he loved our post beyond words and that we are too kind for how much we love Vlad and that he had a lot of fun working on that character. And um, I literally cried at work. It was the coolest thing. And on our post, it called him our favorite scoop of vanilla ice cream, <laughs> which is so accurate. So much. 
So, um, we love household. Love, love David Paul Francis. Ugh. My dog is completely losing his mind downstairs. Apparently, he loves David Paul Francis just as much. Well, it's funny because David Paul Francis liked my post when I posted about him not being seven foot two. But yes. then this time he actually talked to us. Yeah, like he liked both of our comments back to him and he commented back to us as well. Then he followed our friend Courtney, which is super fucking random. She followed him and he immediately followed her back. Fantastic. So shout out to David Paul Francis. Support him. Watch American Gods. That's what he's working on right now. Um, Just everyone go love David Paul Francis right now. Follow follow him on Instagram. Uh, I believe... Here, let me pull up his Insta handle so y'all can follow him because I am obsessed. It's F David Paul on no all one word on Instagram and Twitter. Love, love, love. We love, we love and support Paul Francis in this household. Speaking of following on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. I'm killing it with transitions. You really are. And you can follow me on Instagram at Monica.Lynn underscore. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mon underscore Lynn. And don't forget to follow our amazing Instagram that we've been posting on every day. And the same handle for Twitter is at Death and Yes. And guys, I really do work really, really hard on those Instagram posts. So please. Like she is the mastermind behind all the social media posts. So give her credit where credit is due. Speaking of, I need to post the Instagram as soon as I get off of this. Um, But yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Hopefully you spent it doing something better than watching Emma Grove. I'm sorry, Courtney. Valentine's Day with us, tweet at us and let us know that you had a nice Valentine's Day with us because we did too. Complaining about Hemlock Grove. I mean, like, that's more fun than any day any of us have been on. Like, let's be honest. True. True, true, true. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.